Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Meet Cute, a podcast about relationships, dating, sex, getting together, breaking up, and everything in between. Today I'm joined by a Fort Wayne icon, Fort Wayne food slut, to talk about marrying young, divorcing young, and all of the drama, and when I say drama, I mean drama, that's gone on since then. I would like to issue a content warning at this point for discussions of domestic violence and intimate partner abuse. If this is something that you've experienced or something that you think you will find upsetting, bear in mind we do go into quite a lot of detail, then this might not be the episode for you. Thank you so much for joining me on Meet Cute. Tell me, is there anything that you think is off limits, off the bat, that you can think of right now? That we are not going to talk about? Yes. I would say my name, where I live you know, these types of like personal marker things. And um, I am pretty open to talking about everything. If you follow my page or you you take a look at my page, I talk about a lot of my personal experiences. So I'm ready to go. So tell me, do you remember your first experience of relationships or romance or dating or just having a crush on someone? Um, I think my first experience that I, it really stands out to me was in school, I worked for like the little newspaper that they had, and my job was to interview the foreign exchange students. And I like ended up falling in like such mad love with the Brazilian foreign exchange student. I was like 15 at the time, and I remember like that was my first kiss and everything. He Aww. had to go back at the end of the year, so it was like really heartbreaking. And I think probably that experience has kind of, like, shaped, like, my preferences, even as an adult. Like, I know the struggle, but I still love, like, the foreigner so much. (laughs) And so did you guys date for the whole time that he was here? we did not date for the whole time. So it was like he said, oh, we need to break up because I don't want you to get, like, too much more attached and... Which was very kind, you know, but also it was like, then I had to see him the whole year. And then the last day before he left, he like sent me a, back in the day, it was like everyone was communicating through Facebook Messenger. Mm -hmm. So he sent me like a little messenger, but I didn't have a phone. So it was like, I would only see it if I logged in. And I ended up going to the movies. I saw him at the movies with another girl. And then when I got home, he had messaged me and was like, I'm going to leave tomorrow. Can you meet me? And we go to the movies. I really want to see you before I leave. And so then I just kind of missed out on that. Like, but so you didn't write back. So he just went to his second choice, do you think? Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> wow. At least he had a backup. I mean, from his uh, point yeah, of view. I feel like he definitely had backups the whole time. And did you keep in touch afterwards? Yeah, we kept in touch. We still like kept in contact, but he's married now. I think he has a baby. Oh, well, yeah. that's kind of a nice story as well, that it was like your first crush and he We're ended still up... still friends. Yeah, yeah, he ended up not being awful. Right. 
Which is pretty nice. So what came after that? You were in high school then? Okay, so, and obviously this just became a theme. I was always with someone who was not American. It was always like that. It's always going to be that way, I think. Most likely it's always going to be that way. (laughs) I think as well, in the Midwest, the Americans, not to generalize, but Americans in the Midwest are a very particular type of American. Yes. Right, there's a certain vibe. And I don't mean that necessarily negatively or positively. It's just there's a certain culture, there's a certain conditioning, there's a certain attitude to women and attitude to the world. And it might be a little bit narrower in some ways than I think other people are interested in or want. I was in the hairdresser yesterday and I overheard a woman next to me talking about the menopause. And the woman, the hairstylist, was asking her questions about it and then she went, what do you mean you don't get your period anymore? And the woman was like, oh, well, you know, when you go through menopause, you, your period stop. And she was like, what? Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's that is a lot of the reason. You're correct. So in the Midwest, there's an issue. I say it's an issue just because it leaves women in the dark and not with the power to create their own life and their decisions are kind of left up to like the church thinks this is good or the church Mm. thinks this is acceptable i was raised in the church like hardcore like a lot of the people here and that ends up creating an environment where people who speak out and want something different aren't welcome and so that is a lot of like where my dating history also comes from because I'm not I can't be with someone who is like I used before I used like Bumble and Tinder I can't go with the guy that's like holding up the fish in his profile picture I can't spend time around people like that I just it comes with like so much more than just he's holding up a fish it comes with you're a woman you need to be in the kitchen cooking traditional values yeah and you can't wear a skirt that's too short like it's just crazy to me. Okay, so after your Brazilian exchange student, who came next? There was just a string of them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was a teenager and then a young adult, and um, it was kind of a serial monogamous. Like, me, I feel like I have that issue where I, like, again, you're in the church and you're told that you're with one person and you need to create that life with that person. And for my early adulthood, I fell into that trap Despite mm-hmm. knowing better, despite not wanting it, my family was a big factor in that because they also had pushed those beliefs on me. And more recently, I've been able to speak out more about how I feel and kind of break those patterns just because I have separated from my family. Like physically, I don't have them constantly looking at who I'm dating and what mm. I'm doing and saying like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. That's not Christian of you. Like, yeah, I was actually going to ask, what did your family think when you were seeing the Brazilian exchange student? Did they know at the time? They knew. And like, I wasn't allowed to be alone with him. I still was, but I wasn't supposed yeah, to. Yeah, of you course. Know? Yeah. And I wasn't allowed to be kissing boys or holding hands. It was not allowed. There was very strict boundaries on everything. Like if I had him over we had to be in the presence of an adult we weren't allowed to like go in the bedroom even with the door open yeah I was the same I don't know why parents think like we we still got it you know we still managed to do what we wanted to do exactly exactly like Like, we just found ways around it you didn't stop us you just made us sneaky yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. and it made it so that if ever we had a problem or even Mm -hmm. like an issue in the relationship where you're like oh he said this to me or he's making me think this 
I would never have talked to my parents about that because I was like, the whole thing is off limits. Exactly. So that is an issue that I've also had that I ended up in abusive relationships and I didn't have anyone that I felt like I could talk to. It kind of goes back to like when you did talk about it, the church, it's like, oh, well, you should work it out and you should yeah. like show God's love and be forgiving. And no, some people just deserve to get the fuck out of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And are you still like, do you still go to church? Are you still religious? I have not been to church for a couple of years. I do believe that the whole political temperament of the area more recently since Trump has been elected and even after made it really hard for me to even look at the church the same way. I already had like a bad feeling towards it because how I was raised and the Mm. way I was treated as a girl, even by adult women, like I was looked at in shame. So that made it a little hard. But then when I realized that churches were like pushing Trump's agenda and not speaking in a way that I thought was what I had believed my entire life. Mm. I couldn't go anymore. I couldn't even imagine how I had stayed in the church for so long. Yeah. So what are your friends from school like? Were they, I feel like in Fort Wayne, a lot of people get married really young. Do yeah, they, they get do. married super young? I mean, I got married super young and all of my girlfriends also were wanting to get engaged and get married. Most people got married after high school. Some people got married during high school. During high school? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially if their partner, their boyfriend was going to go into the military. They were getting married during high school. And then um, a lot of the people I went to school with were Christian colleges where you're not allowed to have sex or be alone or walk in the same way as a man unless you're married. So a lot of people are like, oh, I really want to have sex with you. So let's get married. I don't know how their relationships are going now. Yeah, it's so crazy that that becomes... I mean, obviously, it would be the motivator, right? When I was 16, 17, I was dying to have sex. Yeah. And if they were like, you have to be married before you can have sex, I probably would have been like, well, where do I find my husband? (laughs) Exactly. I want that to happen right now. So what age were you when you got married? And how did that come about? Like, was he also... Okay, this is not American or story. No, he's not American. No. There's never... I mean, when my single... I have a single era for a little bit, honestly, but... There were some Americans, but besides that, no relationship has been with an American. Um, So when I got married, (laughs) deep breath, it was to someone who was 20 years older than me. Yeah. And I was like 21, 20, but I met him when I was 16. Another deep breath. (laughs) Yeah. I was friends with his daughter. His daughter was a year older than me. Thankfully, like, he never acted weird towards me when I was in school or, mm-hmm. um, like, when I met him, like, he never acted inappropriate or yeah, weird Yeah, he was to just me. your friend's dad. It was dad. literally just my friend's dad. And he wasn't married. They weren't, like, her parents were divorced, so he was not married either um, in the time that I knew him. And I definitely didn't look at him that way. But when I got older and I had just gotten out of, like, another rocky relationship, it's a history, guys. <laughs> I have this issue. And he uh, ended up being like this type of person that I just started to hang out with mostly. I don't have a dad, so I have daddy issues. Let's just say what it is. And then it turned into more. Of course it turned into more because I was like vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And here's this older man like 
giving me a love and attention that I always craved. And then we ended up getting married. We eloped. My family was pissed. Despite all of that, when I got a divorce, they were really angry. And they tried to talk me out of getting a divorce. And then um, they did a whole bunch of like weird stuff where they wouldn't invite me to family get-togethers and they would invite him. And they went on like, they go on like a week-long vacation at whatever lake and they invited him and not me. And so... And did he go? Yeah. That's that's also, everybody's being weird in this story except you. Right. So, well, I'm sure I had... I'm sure you had your moments. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I'm not going to pretend to be, like, perfect or anything. But I remember having a conversation with him after that and saying, like, can you not do that? Can you let me have my family back? But there was a time in our relationship where it was clearly not going to work out. And he told me, like, if you leave me, I'm going to turn your family against you. Of course, it actually wasn't a thought that I believed would happen for real. And then it kind of did? It did. And, and how long were you guys dating before you got married? And then how long were you married? Okay, so we were dating for probably... It's about to be scandalous. Three months. Yeah, and I had a lot of guilt because, like, I was living with him at that time. And um, I just thought, well, I need to get married because this looks bad. I shouldn't yeah, be, yeah, I shouldn't I be living mean. with him. And then we were married for about five years. Okay, okay, so that's, I mean, sorry, like, I'm not like, okay, well, that's okay, then five years is a good time, like, you know, no judgment. Yeah. But, like, you were also so young, like, when I I look back now at my late teens, early 20s, I feel like I was a baby. Exactly, me too, and now I see, like, getting into almost 30, I look at people who are 22, 23, 21, oh my god, forbid, 18, like, why are 18-year-olds getting married? I know. (laughs) Like, they look like babies to me, mm-hmm. and I feel so sad for the person I was. It's not really about looking at the other person and saying something. I look at, like, that's also what I was at that age, and I was under the false belief that I was meant to find a husband, have kids, and stay home. I did want to go to college. I had started going to college, and that was another issue with my ex-husband. It was like... He didn't want you to go to college? He wanted me to, like, take care of the house and make sure food was ready when he was home. And and what did your friend, his daughter, think? She hated me at that point. Oh. There was no, yeah, there was nothing. Like, she didn't really care for me after that. I mean, I can kind of understand I, yeah, as well. I understand. That was weird for me to do that. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's hard as well when, you know, people... Like, you're not in their head, they're not in your head, but people judge you for decisions you're making, and at the time you're like, but this is my heart. Like, this is, mm-hmm. you know, well, I'm making like this my... decision for a good reason. Well, also, it's kind of like your upbringing pushes you into a certain belief that that's the end-all and be-all. Yeah. And you find someone who really wants to take care of you and love you and makes you feel, like, safe and special, then that's all you need. It doesn't matter what anyone says, and it's this romanticized belief, like, around relationships that I grew up with here in the Midwest. Now I look back and I'm cringing. I'm like, oh my God, where the fuck was my head? Like, could have you just like gone on a trip a little bit and then seen how the rest of the world was before you made all those decisions? That's how I, it's a lot of like questioning your previous decisions. That's how I feel right now. Yeah, but it's so easy to look back and 
see so clearly because at the time like there's no period in my life when I didn't feel fully grown from the age of about six I was like I know what I'm doing you know what I mean yes so there's no point at which you go I'm probably going to get wiser over the next because you feel like I'm as wise as I'm ever going to be right now right and my brain hadn't even finished developing that's the part for me it's like oh your brain doesn't even stop developing until what 25 where you're actually being wise and your decisions are making sense for like all the context yeah and like seeing a long view can we outlaw like marriage before 25 (laughs) i think that would be quite handy although i do think now well i suppose you can have kids at any age i do think now like i had a baby it'll be two years ago in october and part of me is like i should have had a baby when i was 18 because then that baby would now be 20 and i'd be like i still feel incredibly young so i'd be like living my life but I wouldn't have to look after a baby. Right. And it would have been physically probably easier. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I also feel like I did a lot of stupid shit in my 20s that if I'd had a baby to look after, I would have been distracted from. No, you maybe not have. <laughs> maybe not have. <laughs> if that's just who you are, maybe not have. Yeah, maybe. So logistically, when you got divorced, I just want to like, how did you how did you decide? OK, I'm going to get divorced. Did you did you tell him in person? I feel like the relationship had broken down so much that that was the only option. I had started sleeping in a separate bedroom and then I moved out and got my own place and we were still married. Then around the same time that COVID hit, I filed for divorce. So that was a whole show of just the courts being closed and trying to file paperwork. It got expensive and it took a long time. And I didn't even get to ever step in court and say, like, this is my story. This is why I want a divorce. This is what's going on. And it got he didn't want to sign the divorce papers. He took that route where he refused to sign the divorce papers. And, like, did he want to stay together? And yeah, he wanted to reconcile. He tried to reconcile with me so many times. There was one point when I went to see him and I asked him, like, hey, can you just sign the papers? I got to that point where I like brought the papers to him and I was like, can you please just sign this so I can be done with this, so Mm. I can move on with my life. And he got like, he physically like grabbed me at this point and was like, I'm not doing that. And he got my family on board where my family was like, you know, you should give him another chance. You should get back together. He cares about you. And um, yeah, it was horrible feeling that you had gotten to the point where you needed to get away from a relationship and then they turn to your family and your family is like yeah he's right you should stay with him you should work it out Mm -hmm. and were you tempted at all Mm, no I feel like for me it kind of solidified it and it made me really angry also because I knew the decision I was making was the right decision for me and then for my family and him to go and try to stop me and control mm-hmm. me from what I felt was correct, that is kind of a driving force for me to like, okay, let me show you what all I can do without you. And what happened next? So you filed for divorce. He's eventually given up or been forced to give up. Yeah, he's been forced to give up. But of course, there's times when I see him and it's like, like he's inappropriate, but whatever, you know. I'm just so lovable. So <laughs> he can't let go. <laughs> did you take some time off dating then, or did you go? Unfortunately, sp- oh. no. <laughs> 
at the time when you're like, oh, she learned her lesson. She's going to, like, get it together. I just decided to, like, take it a step further. And um, I hadn't really been on the dating scene, I feel like, as an adult. No, because you'd been with him for, what, I've, five years? Right, and I had just been in other child relationships, like relationships where I was a child, the other person was a child. That's how I yeah. would look at it at this point. So I didn't know what was out there. I did online dating, and that was a first. I ended up just getting, you know, match after match after match. It was too easy. It was too easy, and I had I got to pick whoever I wanted, and yeah. I should have been more specific about what I wanted because like I said I wanted you know a foreigner and this next relationship that I had he, he was Brazilian and he was really good looking in my mind I thought he was really good looking and I thought he was so charismatic should have been a red flag and it wasn't I just felt like madly in love and I hadn't really had that before yeah. I hadn't really felt that towards someone before do you think that was the first time you were properly in love I suppose as your whole self in an honest way not where you're looking for somebody to save you or you're looking for somebody to look after you was this the first time that you going I am living on my own as an adult I can do this I don't need you but I'm in love it was and that made it like that much more powerful even talking about it it's kind of hard now because I know like what way it went it was the first time that like you said I was on my own I had my own car I had my own home I had gotten all these things for myself and I was working full-time, two jobs, and that was the first time I had even done all of the working side of things. As an adult, it sounds crazy, but I was staying at home, and my husband was taking care of me. So I ended up getting this relationship with this guy I met on Tinder, and I was choosing to be there. And I was, like, loving him, and I just loved the way it was. And then it turned out to be something that I didn't realize what it was a couple months in. He turned out to be someone completely different. It's really easy to hide who you are in the beginning. And it's also very easy to hide who you are when you don't have people like your family and your friends around you from home. He could have easily like told me he was someone else and made up a story. And I would have been like, it's true, because how would I know oh, otherwise? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and so um, eventually I found out, like, who he really was, which was um, he had abused every woman that he was ever with and just a string of, like, people that he, women that he associated with. So he didn't value women. He just thought women were um, to serve him and they were objects, which it makes sense that I didn't catch those red flags for all the other reasons that we just talked about. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have. I just thought, like, I still had the romanticized idea yeah. of what love is. And so this person just played into that. And it was I'm, a great life lesson. Yeah. yeah. Did you find that out the hard way, like, through experience yourself? Or did you meet somebody who knew him who told you? Like, how did you find out? I found it out through my own experience because he had been friends with like a bar owner or a manager that I was also friends with. And I went in with my girlfriend on my day off. He was supposed to be working. And the bar manager came up to me, of all people, 
because usually like bar managers and servers they're like very discreet but he told me he's like hey he was just here he left with another woman and so my girlfriend and I were my best friend was there with me and she's like no we're gonna investigate right now we're not gonna just pretend like it didn't happen we're not going to believe what he says because I was texting him and he's like I'm at home what are you talking about so we went to his home (laughs) and he wasn't there but some woman's clothes were there and then he continued to try to lie to me and then I was like you can't lie anymore you know people told me I found the proof and then he and I kind of split up for a while but we got back together (laughs) yeah unfortunately we got back together like he came back and told me like he was really sorry he was just not sure like how things were gonna be between us because he was also here for like an internship he ended up staying and um at the time it was just kind of he told me his excuse was that he wasn't sure where our relationship was going and it wasn't about me you know that whole thing like yeah oh, i'm so sorry and it, you didn't do anything wrong i'm the wrong one you made it believable so i would get back with you that's what he did yeah how long had you been dating at this point oh, just like six months i think okay. it was just like six months so um but that's i mean that's a big amount of time as well if you're yeah. like spending a lot of time with somebody when you have like real feelings and you have me telling the whole story. Like, this is concerning. If people listen, they're going to love it. They're going to love the, at least my followers. My followers, like, they love it. I, I don't share, like, a lot of detail. Eventually, I wanted to. And so this was, like, a perfect way to. But let me take a breath. <laughs> cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay. Okay. So you got back together? Yeah. Um, we got back together and of course the same kind of stuff kept happening. He just hit it better. We ended up moving in together, and probably about a year later, I started to have the feeling that he wasn't being honest, and he was hiding things, and when I would ask about it, he started to get violent with me, and the violence um, just escalated. It escalated, so if he was acting, what I would say, shady... (laughs) he would just, like, go straight to violence. Like, he knew he was guilty. And um, it also started being where he would get really controlling. So I wasn't allowed to wear my hair in, like, braids. I wasn't allowed to wear certain colors or certain types of clothes. I wasn't allowed to do anything without asking permission. And if I was out somewhere, like, say I drove to, like, Target or Walmart, And I had to stop and get gas on the way back. If I 
did not tell him that I was stopping to get gas on the way back, it was an issue and I wasn't trustworthy and I was trying to hide something. Yeah. Which and is such, so crazy when he was the one who wasn't trustworthy. Right. That's how know. it goes. Like yeah, if you're course. the one, if you're the guilty one, sometimes you're projecting. And um, there was a lot of gaslighting, a lot of gaslighting. That's why I feel like I even stayed in the relationship because I thought, I started to think like, oh, maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe it wasn't like that. Maybe I was just remembering things incorrectly. I think as well, when you get back with somebody after they've cheated on you or after they've lied to you, you feel kind of embarrassed already, right? So you right. feel ashamed or you feel dumb. And so when they start treating you like shit, you don't want to tell people because you feel like they're all going to be like, well... We told you. Yeah. Yeah. What did you expect? Exactly. And that did happen. And at the time, of course, I wasn't close to my family. And that made it all that much easier. It made it all that much easier for this person to kind of just take over my mind. Well, because he didn't have to do that part, right? He didn't have to separate you from your family, which is often what abusers do. Is well, they he did to, to an extent. So I did still have a little bit of like a relationship with my mother at this point. Um, not anyway, because I used to consider her my best friend. But at that point, it was like none at all. And she really hated this relationship. But I feel like my mom has always hated every relationship I was in. But he saw that she wasn't supportive. So he kind of like deterred any type of reconciliation that could have happened telling me like my mom's a bitch and why are you talking to her like she doesn't care about you which was easy to believe because of everything else that had already happened so yeah like we just ended up in a little place where I was his puppet <laughs> unfortunately and the violence just picked up to the point where um there was times where I thought I was gonna die I thought he was gonna kill me I would go in public and I would have um visible marks on my body and strangers would come up and ask me because I worked as a server also at the time I worked for a non-profit healthcare organization but on the side I did serve and people would come up and say how did that happen and I would lie as one does when the person that they are in love with is abusing them I remember one time that stood out a lot is that he had choked me and I had like marks that when you get choked on your neck, they kind of look like hickeys. And I remember like feeling so embarrassed when I was at work that what I had looked like hickeys. And really, I should have been more embarrassed like that I had been choked and that's what it was about. Well, no, I mean, you, like, yeah. you shouldn't have been embarrassed either way, right? But I know what you mean that like it's crazy that the concern is like, I hope people don't think I have hickeys yeah. instead of like, what the fuck? Exactly. I was trying to cover it, and I, I remember people looking at it, and I'm like, I know that they think I have hickeys, but it's way worse than that, actually. And that's one thing. It's the shame when you go through domestic violence, the shame that comes along with it. It makes it nearly impossible to ask for help. The sad part is when you ask for help many times, people are very judgmental, or they say something that, um, that can actually make the problem way worse. Like, why don't you just leave? It, you can't just leave when you're in that situation also because it increases the risk of you being murdered. And it has to be like a very well thought out plan. And um, it takes professionals most of the time to help figure that plan out for a victim. And that wasn't something that I quite understood at the time, what risk I was at, because I, I just assumed it was 
oh, he was just mad. He was upset. He would never actually want to hurt me. He would never actually kill me. And I was wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And so how did you eventually get out? So there was one situation that he beat me up. And this situation was very different from the others because he dragged me across the floor he kicked me like a dog he like stomped on me and choked me till I stopped breathing and then pulled me by my hair across the floor all this stuff and I finally after that believed like yeah this is it so I ended up staying at the YWCA even though I had like my house and home and my job and all of that I, after that whole situation, which happened at nighttime, the next morning I went to stay at the YWCA. And he called me and tried to get me to come back home. And I went back. I went back, unfortunately. And then I ended up in a situation months after that where this um, relationship had finally ended. And it ended because of like a really weird thing. It wasn't because he had beat me up, unfortunately, it should have been. What made me finally be done was that I had trusted him, and he ended up cheating on me again, of course, like, he does. He cheated on me with, like, three different girls within, like, two-week frame when we weren't, like, together physically, Yeah. and I found all of this out, so I ended up moving to a new place and cutting off all of communication with him, I blocked him on everything. I did not get a restraining order, unfortunately. And there is a big issue within the immigrant community. When you're in a relationship with someone who is in in the process of getting their papers, you do feel a sense of you cannot call the police because you're going to be harming this person's entire yeah. future. And you feel that yeah, responsibility. I know what you mean. Yeah, and when so, like in hindsight, of course you shouldn't have. Like that's not your problem. He should have thought about that, right? You know. But I totally understand how in that situation you're like, if I call the police, this is going to ruin his life. Like his whole life plans are going to be right, and he's going to be sent back to a country where he probably won't have a way to survive. That's what I was thinking yeah. in my mind. Like a country where he may not be able to find a good job, and he may not have like food to eat. Something very dramatic is what I was thinking. I'm sure. Which, which is literally, like, way more than he deserved. <laughs> anyway, you know right, what I mean? Right, so in the the very peak of this story comes to, I blocked him on everything, and he ended up, like, getting fake numbers to text me. Then he started using his email to email me, and then there was one point where I was very stupid, as you can tell in this story. Like, I'm not stupid, but... There's a feeling of, like, being desperate for love that yeah. a lot of people have in my upbringing. I don't have, like, a father figure. And my mom wasn't always, like, the best mom in a way that she parented me. So there was a lot of, like, harsh parenting, which most people would call abusive. And so it just kind of creates, like, a feeling of, like, I need love. You don't feel safe, right? Well, so you also don't feel safe. And so you're yes. used to that feeling. That's a great oh, yeah, point. Yeah. That's a great point is that... This type of relationship is really easy to get into because you um, you don't grow up feeling safe. But that's so that a, starts to so feel normal. So that's all you've ever known, yeah. Right, so that yeah. starts to feel normal. And then when you get in a relationship where like everything's love and people are actually loving you, you start to question, like, everything is going to be 
like everything's gonna go to shit at any yeah, time yeah, i need to just happen. make it happen already yeah so um he ended up coming and stalking me <laughs> he ended up stalking me how does he have all this time i don't to know cheat, to stalk because he said that he was working and i feel like there's something else that i don't know was going on is that he had an entire another relationship at this point i didn't know that so he was like stalking me and then he came i did allow him I let my stalker come and spend the night. <laughs> That's a great title. I mean, this woman let her stalker thinking. come yeah, and spend yeah, the night. Yeah. And so um, at that point, I had lost all hope, but I was just like, I miss him. <laughs> and he, he's making me like feel like he actually cares because he's doing all this stalking, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's really making an effort. He's, he's really trying. He's making so much effort by stalking me, even though I asked him to leave me alone so many times. Then I had been single at this point, and I had started to see other people. When I started to see other people, um, was a great time. I had so much fun. I met so many people, and then he found out. And this time, when he stayed the night, like he attacked me Aww. again, and he wanted to go through my phone. And the iPhone was like, you have to unlock it. You have to put your face. So, like, he was trying to put my face, like, force my face to open the iPhone. He went through my phone, and he saw I was talking to other people. And he lost it. He started breaking everything. And he started, like, cutting my stuff up with butcher knives. And at one point, I was, like, getting my phone, trying to call 911. And he came at me with a butcher's knife and took my phone. Wouldn't let me call the police. Wouldn't let me leave. And was, like, threatening me with the knife. And I ended up calling the police that time. He ended up getting arrested. That's when I found out that he had a whole other girlfriend. And he told her the story. (laughs) Oh, God, help her. Please, God, for real, help her. Because he ended up telling her the story as, like, he said that he wanted to break up with me. And I was upset. And so he, I don't know how he, he told the story, honestly, where, like, he started threatening me. But he pretty much made it like I was upset because he had a new girlfriend. Yeah. So she still is with him. So what happened when he was arrested? Nothing. It was so crazy. So he was arrested. He was in jail for a week. He got out on bail. And the reason that he got out on bail, when I called and I was confused, like if he's violent and he's attacked me, he had also, I had gotten a restraining order. And he had violated the restraining order two times before he ended up getting arrested he ended up getting arrested mostly because he violated the protective order and they still let him out and they said it was due to covid because they were trying to prevent like overcrowding in the jail but he was getting prosecuted and he was getting ready for like a jury trial and he fled the country oh so he's gone he's gone he's not in the country anymore so at least i can sleep maybe there's an alternate universe where he could be going to therapy and you know, facing his issues and acknowledging that he has a problem, but probably not realistic. I honestly don't know. I would hope. I think that was the original plan. So, like, if he had been prosecuted here, he would have had to get into services to rehabilitate. Yeah, like anger whatever. management. He, yeah. yeah. And that's usually the plan for most people who ended up arrested. They get on probation unless they really hurt somebody to the point where yeah. it's like life or, or death. Or they tried to kill you, yeah. Most of the yeah. time, depending on their history, most of the time it's like you get probation and you have to take classes. You have to go to therapy. You have to get into medication management. And it's more of like behavioral health 
things that they use to, I would say, punish people because I've worked in that field in the behavioral health where I was working with people who got like domestic violence charges. They ended up having to do classes and all that and they're all just angry. They look at it as a punishment. They don't look at it as an opportunity. Do you think it's possible to change? It's much deeper than that, right? It's something that, like for me, it started from a young age, and I know for them it did too. This belief of what it is to be a man and how they should handle themselves and treat women and look at women. Yeah, and the concept of a woman as a possession, Mm -hmm. what she then owes you, what what you're entitled to from her. Like, yeah, it's a really tangled web of horror. Systems. But I think a lot of it can be traced back to the church, not to get back into that conversation. No, I think you're correct. But a lot of, like, women as possessions. Okay. So, (laughs) deep breath. You're you're out of that relationship. He's gone back to Brazil. Yeah. Did you take a break then from dating? (laughs) (laughs) Did you take a few weeks and go for a nice trip to Bali? (laughs) jokes on me i did go on a nice trip but it wasn't to bali it was to north carolina (laughs) oh lovely which is in the mountains and there's um the forest and waterfalls all of that it was a really nice trip it was very freeing to feel the peace of not having someone watching over me at all times and feeling unsafe it was a great beautiful time and i ended up getting back into the dating scene and seeing other people I didn't really stop, but it was definitely the idea of, like, I'm not doing that ever again. I never want a relationship again. And I maybe don't even want a relationship with a man because I don't feel safe with a man. I It changed my viewpoint on men, relationships, and the world in general. I think before I definitely had the view that people are inherently good and they're looking out, like, for all other people the best of their ability, um, they're not going to hurt people if they can. And that viewpoint was shattered. Now I look back and I say that was really naive for me to believe that about the world. But it's nice. like It's nice. It's this optimistic hopefulness. It's sad to have lost it. And it's nice to know that I once had that feeling about the world. And it makes a lot of, like, any relationships now that I have, it makes it very difficult because the point of view of men and relationships in general have changed from like, this is going to be forever. It's more of like, this is just for now until you do something wrong and then you're done. And that has been a few years since that happened. I think it's been three or four years since that entire situation happened to me. And I do have a relationship now and it's with someone who's like the complete opposite of anyone I've been with before. And that was very intentional. Like I took the time to just... I got into therapy. I started to do things that I wanted to do for the first time in my life, and I hadn't really done that before. And I was very outspoken about the way I feel, my point of views in politics, the church. And then I said, like, whoever doesn't like it, that's good, because I don't even want to be in the same room as you. Yeah, that makes it easy to weed them out. Yeah. And so I ended up with the another Brazilian, but so not quite the opposite. It's not quite the opposite. <laughs> it's not quite the opposite. But the person that I'm with now, the upbringing has been completely different. Like his mother is the breadwinner in the family. Okay. And they're all very educated. And not that education is like, oh, makes you better than anyone. But it does kind of 
change their viewpoints because they've traveled a lot. And well, well, education, I mean, it's it not does, that, it's power. Yeah, yeah, education is power, but it's also, it improves society, right? Exactly. So the better educated we all are, the more equality we strive for, like the better lives we can live and the better societies we can create. And we understand like what one person's decision has on the entire system of things or if like one rule is broken or not in place of how that can really affect a certain group of people in general like we're talking about like how you did like the housing we talked about housing housing and transportation and all of these things like are very important things that we wouldn't have without people who are educated yeah yeah and so he comes from a city where it's a bigger city it's Rio in brazil and so he just was in this world where women were kind of in charge. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, listen, I would love to live in a matriarchy. I don't even need to... I mean, like, that sounds like I'd love to be in charge. I wouldn't love to be in charge, actually, at all. But I think a matriarchal society would be incredible. Yes, where women are making the decisions and the point is, like, to help each other and not to take from each other well that's actually what i was going to say that i feel like in you know in life in households in a lot of ways when women make decisions the thing is they don't make them just for themselves because Mm -hmm. women are the ones who make the decisions for the households and they make the decision for the kids and they often make the decision for their partners in hetero relationships anyway and i feel like a woman in charge is thinking much more about the whole rather than just herself right and i don't know that i've seen that yeah i mean obviously generalization Right. right there's bad people everywhere there's like people who crave power but i just think it would be it would be really interesting i'd love to see it i'd love to see it in our lifetime i don't know if it's ever going to be possible no no, and you know something that i talk about a lot on my page is this idea of turning women against each other is like a main thing that i think the patriarchy does so well Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if I'm your competition, we're never going to talk, and we're never going to work together, and we're always going to be fighting against each other, and we're not going to have the power to say, like, this shouldn't be happening, how can we solve this issue, and that allows men more. A lot of people will say that, oh, men, when they disagree, they just talk it over, they beat each other up, and then they get on with it. And women, it's like, no, we're going to hold a grudge against you forever, and I don't think that's because of women. I think that's because the patriarchy. I think and that's I think because the patriarchy is an evergreen statement that can be applied to so much. To everything. And yeah. one thing that I experience a lot in what I do as a social media influencer, I hate that word, but I try to bring women together. And the first people that attack me are men because they hate it. Yeah, They hate it. Like, how dare you? How dare you, like, love yourself and other women? You shouldn't be doing that. And I just... That tells me I'm doing the right thing, actually. What advice would you give to yourself if you went back to yourself at the age of, let's say, after your divorce? What would you tell yourself coming out of that relationship? I would tell myself to double down on the therapy and the college. I was in college, I would say, like, Put your whole, like, life into those two things and buy a vibrator. (laughs) 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 And do not place your value on a romanticized idea of what life and relationships are. 
And I feel like if I would have done that from the beginning, things could have been, not that things are bad now. I feel like I'm really happy with the way things are finally going. Mm -hmm. And then maybe I wouldn't have gotten to that point without experiencing like that very low point after my divorce with that relationship. I've started to look at it as a grateful thing. I have PTSD because of it, but it's like, well, maybe that made me like more interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, And then lastly, would you ever get married again? That's a tricky question because I still have the feeling that I need to get married. And it's so strange because then I sit with that feeling and that belief. And every time I have the feeling now, thankfully, I sit with the feeling and the belief and I don't really want that. It's kind of an instinct yeah, in yeah. a way because it's so inside of me. And when I sit with it, I say like, actually, I don't want it. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. For telling me your story, your stories. Stories. Yes. <laughs> Where can people follow you and what do you have coming up? They can follow me on Instagram and that is at Fort Wayne Food Slut. I also have my website, which is just fortwaynefoodslut.com. I've got a podcast I just started. I'm going to get that up and going. I've got a couple episodes already in the works and then one is up live and that's on Spotify, Amazon right now, and then YouTube also. It's a video format podcast oh cool and i don't show my face ever i mean i don't show my eyes at least so do you show your face in the video in the podcast no it's like the back of my head okay okay. i'm still working on it i'm still working on it so i might change things up and the more people that i get to work with it's going to change the quality of what i'm doing so in general it's just like a food page but if you go into the stories or occasionally a post you're going to see what it's actually about it's about creating a community where people who are not this typical Midwestern or who are maybe looking for a place where they are safe to be who they feel like they are separate from their upbringing in the church can go and find that home. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, it looks like a food page, but I think it's very clearly a non-conformist space online, which is very much needed. It is I mean, needed. In the Midwest, but everywhere. It's a little unsafe feeling sometimes being the, the leader of that type of movement. But there are a lot of those groups, especially in Fort Wayne. There's a lot of groups who are trying to do the same thing. It helps the city grow, first of all. Yeah. And people want to move here. if They see that is like available and the mindset is there. Yeah, that it's a place for them. Yeah. And I just hope that it, it continues to be that place for everyone. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Meet Cute. If you have two seconds and you wouldn't mind giving a five-star rating and a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, I would really, really appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast. It helps it rise in the charts. It helps my ego, all of the above. You can follow me on Instagram at Rosemary McCabe. You can check out my writing on Substack, rosemarymccabe.substack.com and all of the necessary information for all those links and Fort Wayne Food Slits handles will be in the show notes. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.